Rev. Nelson, in his masterpiece, Thanksgiving Number 6, continues after the teachings of Hanukkah, and he asks a tremendously profound question that's based on the Zohar, on Parshas Vayechi. Specifically, the Zohar points out that instead of saying Vayehi Yaakov, that Yaakov was in Mitzrayim for 17 years, the last 17 years of the life, it says Vayechi, he lived, specifically lived, unusual term. And the Zohar points out, along with the Medrash, that these 17 years, which actually parallel the first 17 years that Yosef was with him, together in Eretz Israel. These 70 years were the best years of his life. Joy and nachas. And Rav Nelson says a profound question. It's a wonder in such a not clean spiritually place as Mitzrayim. And it was the beginning of the Jewish people going down into exile, which was very bitter. Specifically there, it was where Yaakov sat in peace. After all, he was in Eretz Israel. Bikesh Yaakov Leishev Shava. Yaakov wanted to be, after all of the difficulties he experienced with Esau and Lavan, he wanted to live in peace. Why specifically did Yaakov merit to the best years of his life, specifically in the dark place of Mitzrayim? Says Rav Nathan, the explanation for this is a teaching from Rav Nachman in Lukuti Maran, in the second part of Lukuti Maran, Torah 23, where the Rebbe talks about the perfection of joy. What's it mean, perfection of joy? It's a Torah called Sosam V'Simcha Yesigu. We'll talk about it in a second. Shleimus Simcha, I say, kind of uh, funny. Well, what's regular simcha? So I call regular simcha is simcha 101. Beginner's simcha. Beginner's simcha is what Rav Nachman calls a zamra, where you focus on the good points. You don't, you don't pay attention to the problems. You try to focus on the good points in yourself, in others, in your life situation. And by focusing on the good... You're happy, but that's called beginner simcha. Perfection of simcha, which is a higher level of simcha, is when you run after specifically the dark points of your life and you transform the darkness and it enhances your joy even more. So before we go on to understand how it has to do with Yaakov and Mitzrayim, let us just turn to that teaching of Rav Nachman and see the parable that he gives there. So right from the onset of this teaching, the Rebbe gives us a parable about people dancing. And the normal way you go to a wedding is the people who are into it are the dancers. And then there's people on the outside. And the people on the outside are often just, you know, they're depressed, whatever, they're not into it. And all of a sudden, somebody from inside the circle decides that he's going to pull with his arm one of the people from the outside and bring him into the dance against his will. 
and cause him to become part of the joy. And when that happens, it's amazing. And this is what Rav Nachman says, is that you can actually run after the things that are not perfect in your life and in, bring that in to enhance your simple. Now, Rav Nachman doesn't say this clearly, but that's where Rav Nachman always comes in. And he explains this idea, we've said this before, that even though um, a person who feels far away from Hashem, and even though yesterday I did X, Y, and Z, and I know I shouldn't have, but right now, I'm learning Torah, I'm listening to Torah, and on Hanukkah, I lit the candles, and I ate the latkes, and I spin the dreidel. I do a lot of things, but I'm going to say that the fact that I'm far away from Hashem, and nevertheless, I do do certain mitzvahs, I can do them with joy, then I can actually enhance the joy of my mitzvahs with the fact that I'm far away. This is the meaning of the verse, Sosom v'simcha yesigu v'yanosu yoga manacha. The joy will pursue you and the depression will flee. Rav Nachman reads this verse backwards. The way of depression is to flee, to not want to become part of the joy. But the sasan and simcha, the joy, runs after the depression and brings it in against its will. Now, this beautiful parable reminds me of probably my favorite story, Hasidic story, about Rabbi Eli Melech and Rabbi Zusha, the two holy brothers. And I want to tell you something. This story is amazing. And it's perfect for what we're talking about right now. It's well known that these two great tzaddikim, at one point in their life, decided they were going to go together into a year-long exile, where they never slept in the same place from night to night. And they traveled in disguise as beggars. And what happened in those days when there was a petty theft and uh, the per first people that were suspected were the beggars, they rounded people up and they put them in jail for a day. And Rabbi Elimel Mavzusha often spent time in jail, unfortunately. That was part of their exile. One afternoon, they're sitting there in this Ukrainian old decrepit jail, and Reb Zusha Reb, uh, sees Rabbi Elimel getting up, he's putting his garter onto Dava Mincha. And he shakes his head and goes, <coughs> and Rabbi Elimel is looking at him like, what, What's wrong with you? It's, I, look, look, the sun's setting. It's time to Dava. Reb Zusha says, Look over there in the corner. You see that bucket? You can't daven mincha in a room with that bucket here. So Rabbi Elimel saw and he understood and he tried to plead with one of the guards to take it out because after all, you know, Rabbi Elimelech's mincha, even though he was dressed as a beggar, but Rabbi Elimelech's mincha, the whole world's waiting for his mincha. 
And the guard said, no, you nothing to do in that bucket. Was there, it is there, and it's going to be there. And Rabbi Elimel sat down with a look on his face. He was so depressed, so dejected. He can't believe it. I don't think there was ever a, 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 an afternoon in his life that he never davened. Mincha. Rav Zusha looked at his brother and he says, Holy brother, you look really, really distressed. But I want you to know something, something really, really important. The same Hashem, the same Creator that wants you to connect with Him with words of prayer, right now, He wants you to connect with Him by not praying. Because that's His will right now. Well, <laughs> a smile came to his brother's face. These words went straight to the point, to his heart. And he got up. And he took his brother. And they started to dance around the bucket. They're going to bring the bucket into, they're going to, the center of the, the center of their dance is the bucket. And they're dancing and they decide that they're going to bring in the other beggars the, into the circle. They have no idea what they're dancing about. But they're running around this, this bucket dancing in joy. And the guards telling them, you have to stop. You don't understand. This is a prison. You're not supposed to dance here. And he pulls over one of the people. He says, what's going on? He says, well, I don't know. These two people, they were talking about the bucket. And the next thing you know, they're dancing and they're bringing everybody in. So the guard says, you know what? I'll put an end to this. Opens the door to the cell, takes the bucket out, and Reb Zushia smiles to his brother. His brother smiles back to him. They both put their goggles on, and they dab mincha. Now, let's analyze this story. This is exactly what Nachman is talking about. Not only did they bring in outside people, but they literally used the problem to make themselves happy. They, they, they used a bucket. We know what's in that bucket. We know what's in that bucket. That bucket, not it, it makes it impossible to pray. And they're happy with it. They're bringing in the problem and causing themselves to be happy. That's called perfection of joy. And when a person, as we've been talking about so much, when a person accepts his situation if he can't do something about it. And, you know, being in jail is one of those particulars where a person just cannot do something. There are times where a person has to accept his lot. Things have happened. It could be that he deserves to be in jail. But it could be in jail that you could reach the highest level of simcha if you recognize that that's your rectification. If we accept our situation where we can change it, we hug it, we give it the hug of Shabbos, the hug of peace. Then specifically, in a magic way, in a cosmic way, in a divine way, the whole thing changes. Now, Rabbi Nelson connects this to the concept of the the chambers of exchanges, the Hechlet Murot, where things are switched, and this is exactly what the tzaddikim try to do. 
the side of darkness wants to steal our simcha. It wants to turn Yaakov and Yosef, the happy people, into depressed people. It wants to change holiness to darkness. And what the tzaddikim do is they do the exact opposite. They're trying to turn darkness into joy. And that is their work in this world, the primary work in this world, is to turn a world that's full of anger and pain and suffering and to transform it into a world of revelation of God in a world that people recognize the holiness of connection of the mitzvot, the connectors, the divine connectors, the 613 pieces of good advice, the truth, the real joy. And that's called tveikus, clinging to Hashem. Now, Rav Nossin says that this concept of clinging to Hashem is really only pertinent to people who have purified themselves, their character, and they're no longer running after passions. But, Rav Nossin says, their whole purpose in purification is to pave a way that people like us, who are not perfect, when we choose to connect with the mitzvah, that we will be able to connect even in our dark places. So when Yosef goes down to the land of Egypt, he is lowering himself into the dark, dark places. But the reason he's doing it is to pave a way for Yaakov and his brothers to come and meet him. And together, they were paving a way for the Jewish people to be in the land of Egypt for hundreds of years and endure the bitterness of slavery and still do their work, which was to elevate the lost sparks that were in Egypt from the transgression of Adam and to come out with this great wealth. The whole idea is turning the darkness into gold, into joy. And therefore, Yosef said, Hashem sent me here to sustain you. Rav Nassim calls Yosef his lahavus asimcha, the flame of joy. He's not just the joy, he's the flame of joy. He takes the simcha of Yaakov and he turns up the heat. He is the person that dances even in jail. That's the success of Yosef. And that's why Yaakov longed for Yosef. And that's why Yaakov was so happy when he was reunited with Yosef in Mitzrayim. And the story of them living in Mitzrayim for these 17 years was the story of transforming depression into joy. Once again, even though I'm who I am in 2020, I'm so far away from Hashem, but Adarabba, it's the opposite, all the more so when I do merit to pray 
when I do merit to learn and do mitzvahs, I should be ecstatic the fact that I have this connection. And it's all on the back with connection to the great tzaddikim that reached this purity. And they did it for me. And I connect myself with them. And I too, even in 2020, can live labadik with flame of joy, connect myself to these great tzaddikim, even in my dark place, and make infinite, infinite happiness in the higher worlds, elevating all of the lost sparks from all times. It's the secret of Yaakov living in the land of Mitzvah and Eglon Shehav. An amazing, amazing, Hislavus Asimcha Shabbos, Asimcha full flaming joy.